0: All right, it's time for another episode of Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zonner, And I'm Colin. And we're back. (laughs) And I think we're hopefully going to have this episode out on time this week. So that's the plan anyways, because frankly, life got a little crazy. And then I'm not going to lie. My computer decided it really hated trying to do the podcast. And there was a point on Friday where I genuinely was concerned that we would not have an episode. Hunter's desktop
1: has been like making these weird vibrations. And so he had to completely switch off to another computer because we couldn't even record tonight with it.
0: Yeah, that's what happens when you have a hard drive that's been operating at about seventy five percent performance. I don't know is that the is that the right word? Uh, I, I know that at least about a quarter of my hard <laughs> drive is bad. The last time I checked, and I think that at this stage, it's probably closer to to half, maybe forty percent is is functional. It's it's a bad situation. So pray for my computer uh, because it needs it. You know, I'm at the point where I'm ready to sacrifice really anything to get it going again to the way it needs to be. You know, goat, chicken, whatever. Have you decided which kid? You know, I don't know. But I did have a kid get engaged today, which, you know, way to upstage my Father's Day. Yeah. Who does that? I know. Who
1: proposes
0: on Father's Day? I know. So you intern need to have Emma a talk is off the market. To this guy. Yeah, I do. I do. But intern Emma is off the market. So, fellas, if you were hoping to one day meet her and, and maybe woo her and win my approval for her hand in marriage, sorry, it ain't going to happen. That would also be weird
1: because she would have been like 13 when you started doing this podcast. I,
0: has it, it has been that long. <laughs> no, it's been longer than that. She started interning for us when she was, like, 13. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's been a long time, but she's no longer our intern because she has her own life, and she's done with mine. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just out of your life forever. She, well, you know, after after upstaging my Father's Day, the way that it happened, it's like, oh, happy Father's Day. By the way, it's like, way to upstage me. But no, I'm, I'm very happy for her. Some it's awesome. Some people's kids. I know you would think that some adults would teach their children better manners, but yeah i obviously I obviously don't know what I'm doing as a parent, but now she's she's an awesome kid, I'm very happy for her and and the dude she's marrying is is a great guy i I do approve of the union, and I'm gonna have to have him. Doing some podcast stuff for us though, because I think he'd be pretty entertaining. Have to throw him on. Maybe, maybe we'll do like a, a Stolen Droid Sports Show or something. What? He's a, he, oh, totally our demographic, man. <laughs> totally our yep. demographic. Because he would, he would be fun. He'd be fun. Now he's actually a computer. He's gonna nerd, start so. running around in a
1: jockstrap and spitting out some, some chew.
0: I assume sports guys chew, right? You don't already? Oh, I, I thought, every day. I thought that's what we all did. <laughs> the, that right there creates some a very off. horrible images, doesn't oh it? Oh, my gosh. Let's let's move on to the show here. It really has. So, Dark Phoenix, uh, we've talked about it a little bit in the past. Uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, Colleen, you, you expressed your thoughts that it was going to be a bomb. And last week, we talked about how it was a bomb. Well this week the director Simon Kinsberg, uh decided that he needed to have a have a, a few moments to address the film's financial woes. Uh, now, the opening weekend, you might remember, the film came in at just about 32 million dollars in the US, which is the worst opening for any X-Men franchise. Uh, the Wolverine, which was like horrible, according to all measures up until that point, was the worst one at $53 million. And X-Men First Class took him $55 million. And X-Men First Class, I thought, was really good. The Wolverine, uh, that was the one where he was in Japan, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah, I but... didn't
1: mind it. I, I, I thought it was different, and that was okay.
0: Yeah, it, it was better than X-Men Origins Wolverine, I'll give it that much. That right there was that was the one that should have been the worst opening. But yeah, this this film just is not it's not getting people's attention. People don't care anymore. And so uh, Kinberg said uh with uh KCRW's The Business, uh he's said that, quote, it clearly is a movie that didn't connect with audiences that didn't see it. It clearly didn't connect enough with audiences that did see it, so that's on me. I like a couple things about that. I like that he's owning this. He's saying, hey, as a director, I failed. I did not make a film that people want to see. Normally, you know, when when you have a film that just bombs at the box office, for whatever reason... The people that make it come out with all sorts of excuses. Oh, well, it was the weekend that it opened on. It was this. It was this. I like the fact that he's just owning it. He's saying, hey, I didn't make a good enough movie. And I respect him for that. I really respect him for that. The thing that confuses me, though, it clearly is a movie that didn't connect with audiences that didn't see it. If you didn't see it, how is it going to connect with you? I don't understand that. Well, that would be because there wasn't
1: any real campaigns about the film, I felt. I mean, it had the, the standard, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, um, late night show, guest appearances. But outside of that, I really didn't see any advertisements about the film. Uh-huh. I don't know that there was a a big media push around it. And I don't know if that's because of the... Fox-Disney merger, maybe there was some things that had to be either cut or um,
0: repositioned during that. Uh, That's an interesting point, though, that you bring up, with it being right after the Fox and Disney merger. I wonder how much of that actually played into it, because Disney is basically taking this in, and it's a situation where they're like, well, we've got this movie, it's done, we may as well release it. What do we do, you know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, at this point, the film is going to be pretty much obsolete within the next couple years. What is it? Hopefully. In five years, we'll we'll probably start looking into either rebooting or doing some continuation. I, I don't think it'll be a continuation by any means, but some kind of a new x-men
0: yeah and that makes sense you know disney is gonna want to come in and do their own thing and i think that this was pretty much set up to be the end of the x-men at least i assume it has i haven't seen the movie yet but you know dark phoenix tends to be the end it's a trilogy you know Oh no this is the fourth one in the franchise yeah, it isn't is. it uh so excuse me on that one but yeah Dark Phoenix always seems to be the one that kills everything. And so... In more ways than one. And so maybe... Um, maybe I'm just assuming that this was the end of the road for, for the X-Men franchise as we know it. Well, we know that Jennifer Lawrence was pretty much done with the franchise. She
1: She had her contract. She fulfilled it. It's not a movie that she was excited about continuing any further. This movie, to me is definitely a a $5 Tuesday kind of movie. It's it's not up there with one of those that you need to sit there and wait and be ready to <laughs> click purchase on those tickets, you know, 3 4 weeks before the movie even comes out, like it was with Avengers Endgame. Um yeah. now he did go on to say because of Endgame, he thinks it caused some people not wanting to see this next movie because of having too many superhero movies within like a couple weeks from each other. Which I could see Spider Man um, Far From Home is coming out soon. But outside of that, I really feel like that many weeks is enough for someone to say, oh, cool, I'll go see this
0: movie. I see, I think that's a lame excuse because. If it's a movie that fans are excited about, they're going to go see it. Oh, yeah. You could have Endgame come out six weeks before the next Star Wars movie. Totally. Uh, um, Assuming it's Rise of Skywalker and not Solo. But you could could have Endgame come out six weeks before, and fans are still going to go see Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. They're not... If it's a good movie, and granted, Star Wars is not a superhero movie per se... But it is in that geek genre it it does appeal to many of the same fans, and it's not like fans are are looking at their wallets thinking, "Oh well, I spent twelve bucks on a movie ticket six weeks ago. I probably better not spend another twelve bucks now on this event movie. I'm just going to wait to go see it when it comes to the dollar movies or you know I'll wait to see it on dVD or whatever the case may be i I don't know how much weight that that. That comment that he made has. I think that that's kind of lame. That, that's that's a weak, a weak it's, comment. It's
1: slightly a cop out after his previous. It's, it is. It's basically yes. I'm I'm taking admission to this, but.
0: Here's another thing that could be a potential. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's not a potential because, I mean, frankly, yeah, but, anything but is a potential. Yeah, but how many people are in this
1: world? How many people are die hard Marvel and DC fans? Right. That's
0: true. I mean, there's an audience out
1: there. Like, there's
0: an audience out there.
1: If, if the movies had been more up to par with some of the other Marvel films, I would have been there in a heartbeat. I would have oh, been there would have opening been... night.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. I think I think a lot of people would have. You know, Scott over at NerdSync, uh, which is a really good YouTube channel. Uh, we've had him on our shows in the past. He's he's fantastic. Uh, but if you, if you have not checked out NerdSync on YouTube, you really should. But he recently just came out. I think it was last week came out with a, a new video talking about the true origin of Dark Phoenix. And he talked about the the history of the actual comic storyline. And he mentioned that back in the 60s and 70s, people really didn't care about the X-Men to the point where it was actually canceled. The comic run was canceled. And then they brought it back with an entirely new run of of X-Men characters in, in X-Men Giant Size Number 1. And I think that was in the early 70s that that happened. But you know, I wonder are people do people just not care are we at that point now again where people just don't care about the X-Men? Are people just tired of the characters? Have they been done too much in the movies and are the comics just not not appealing to enough fans to draw them into the theater? I don't think that's the case, because look at Logan. Logan did phenomenal. But Wolverine is kind of his own beast as well, and I don't say that with there. any pun intended. <laughs> I, I, there, there was no pun intended there. Uh, but I mean, Wolverine is kind of his own thing, too. I mean, Wolverine is a, has always been a super popular character because, I mean, you know, claws. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is about him, but fans just really like the character. I think he's a fun character. I really like him, but Logan also, that had some serious legs on it too because it was getting such good word of mouth and so many people just enjoyed it and they tell people, you know... You gotta go see this, you gotta go see this. And you're not seeing that with the recent X-Men films. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting. I'm curious. If have any of you listeners seen Dark Phoenix? What what do you guys think? Why is this film bombing? Why is this not something that, that people are going to see? Are people over the X-Men? Is it just a film that nobody cares about? Send us your thoughts. Feedback at stolen droids.com. Uh now speaking of movies. And this is something that people are getting excited for. There's a a Harry Potter roller coaster. And this, I don't understand. I genuinely do not understand it. Uh, At the Universal Studios Orlando, there is a new Harry Potter-themed roller coaster in the Harry Potter Islands of Adventure or whatever it is. I don't know. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It's Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. And it... Opened up on June 13th. Fans like were nuts for this thing. People showed up en masse. The weather was bad. It was raining. And people stood in line for 11 hours, 10 hours, 11 hours. I imagine some people even stood in lo- line longer just to ride this ride. Now, to get into the park for a one-day pass, I looked this up. It's $115 for one person for a one-day ticket. $115 plus tax. That's a lot of money. You figure you're spending 11 hours standing in line, and you're going to ride a ride that's three minutes long. And again, I looked that up. That's that's the runtime of this. That's messed up to me. If I'm going to drop 115 bucks to stand in line for 10 hours for something, I'm not spending 115 bucks to stand in line for 10 hours for something. I disagree. What would you stand in line for 10 hours for?
1: Galaxy's Edge fly the Millennium Falcon, I would stand in line for that for
0: ten hours. Ten hours, dude. That's an entire day. Yep. That you're you're over a hundred bucks for yep. that. But it's a
1: fandom that I love and appreciate. It's one that I want to get more and more of the storyline. I want to be immersed in the whole experience. Throughout that article, even everyone was like, "It's not just about the ride. Even just going through the
0: line and looking at everything surrounding you, it's just phenomenal." And I get that because I'm a huge Disney fan. I love going to Disneyland and I've stood in line for two, three hours to go on a ride, but I have a really hard time justifying eating up an entire day at the prices these parks charge to go on one ride, one time. You know, maybe if you get to go on it multiple times in that time period, that's one thing. But even with Galaxy's Edge, I mean, dude, you know me, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I'm a big time star wars nerd i've always been a star wars fan i can't justify standing in line for 10 hours to do even a star wars ride i just i don't know man maybe it's me maybe i'm just getting old get off my lawn type of crap but (laughs) (laughs) i i just think if i'm gonna go to a park and spend that kind of money yeah i i want to go on the ride but if i'm spending that kind of money i'm gonna i'm gonna use my time wisely and i'm going on other rides as well
1: You know, what What I really love about this article is it shows people tweeting while in the middle of the ride or just coming out of it. Uh Uh-huh. And people are posting pictures of, oh, yeah, this is totally worth the wait, even through the weather. Like, it was just downpouring rain on some of these guys. And they were making friends in
0: line. Well, I would hope they're making friends in line because... You're standing next to somebody for 10 hours. If you're just standing next to somebody and you don't interact with them for 10 hours, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some people that I would not want to talk to
1: within,
0: within 10 hours. That is true. I, re- I remember standing in line uh, to meet Weird Al at Salt Lake Comic Con a few years ago when it was still Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah, there was a dude there. He he was um, he was terrifying. I'm not gonna lie, he was terrifying. And he actually got a little aggressive with me over some My Little Pony stuff, which really kind of freaked me out.
1: Hey, don't mess with the bronies, all right?
0: Dude, I, I'm not I'm not calling out the bronies, but this guy he was he'd seen stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, it was it was not a good situation though. I could not wait to get out of the line. So yeah. I, I see where you're coming from there.
1: Do you think he would go about and beat up some cheaters of Pokemon Go?
0: I think he would probably stab them. Wow. I don't think that he would just beat them up. I think he's the type of he was the type of well, dude aggressive. Who would... Like, oh, he was aggressive. He's like, (laughs) he's one of those guys that that came across to me, and I could be totally wrong. He may be the nicest dude in the world, but boy, he sure got aggressive with me. And and for those who were with me in line, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I think he's one of those guys that would like start punching you while you're on the ground and not stop (laughs) until you're like, you're like already dead. And then he looks at you. Oh no! What have I done? Type of deal. But yeah, it was it was scary. Right. I, I was I was genuinely concerned. But yeah, thankfully, uh, when it comes to Pokemon Go cheaters, uh, Niantic is not that extreme. <laughs> Could you imagine Niantic showing up and and doing something like that to Pokemon oh my Go gosh. cheaters? That'd be horrifying. That would be terrible. But yeah, apparently they are suing a group of alleged Pokemon Go cheaters. And I guess we have to say alleged because nothing's been proven. Global Plus Plus has been allegedly offering unauthorized derivative versions of Pokemon Go, Ingress, and even Harry Potter Wizards Unite, which is still in beta. That's going to be, I guess, the Harry Potter version of Pokemon Go, which, you know... You probably won't have to stand in line for ten hours to play. Hope, hopefully, hopefully. But uh, yeah, when they say unauthorized derivative, uh, they're they're offering up packed versions of the game. Now it, it's understandable because when you. Give up a hacked version of the game. That's violating intellectual property rights. It's violating, you know, copyright laws. There's, there's a lot, especially if they're selling it. But Niantic said that it undermines the integrity of the gaming experience which i can understand you know it used to be when you're just going around catching pokemon and there wasn't i mean they had the gyms but there wasn't the battles there wasn't a whole bunch of these other features that are now in the game and working i i didn't see it as a big deal you know if somebody location spoofed and showed up in san francisco and then bounced over to paris and then you know they were down in australia and then You know, wherever. So that they could catch the rare Pokemon that were popping up everywhere. Gotta get that Mr. Mime. You do. You do. And you still have one. But you got yours legit in Paris. I've got like 20 of them. Do you? Yeah. I need you to trade me one. Okay. (laughs) Well, move back to Utah. We'll talk about it. Oh, we can can trade long distance, man. What? Oh, yeah. You can trade long distance? I thought you had to be near. No, long distance trading works. We just need to like... We just need to be there. Let's do it, bro. But yeah, I mean, I understand why they would want people to not be selling off their hacked versions now, especially that they're selling coins and they're making money off the game and stuff. But to sue them, I don't think they're wrong. I don't think they're wrong. They're definitely
1: not wrong to sue. It's their property. They didn't have any right to it. They're totally in the right to go through and and sue them. But Global Plus Plus does seem... To be following their demands for the lawsuit. Um, They've already taken down their website. They've taken down their Discord servers. um, uh, And they said that they are shutting it down indefinitely in order to honor its legal
0: obligations. Yeah, they kind of um, shut stuff down pretty quickly there. Uh, They got that lawsuit and they disappeared pretty quickly from, from off the internet, it would seem. Which... I think when you're going up a company like Niantic, which I mean, Google owns them, correct? I don't know actually. I I thought that I thought that Google owned them. I could be wrong, but I I believe that Google owns them. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to go up against that because you know you're going to lose in court. You're going to get owned in court. I I think the best move they got is to just just shut it down and and go away. Just go away so that they don't get sued into oblivion and uh. But I am curious to see what those hacks did. I, I I know that Niantic was just banning the cheaters. I wonder, you know, are they still? Are they still just doing the banning of the cheaters? Are they? I, I'm curious what's going on now because I don't cheat at the game. I I still enjoy playing Pokemon Go, and my kids mock me for that. Come on, dude, you're like 15. Stop mocking me. You played. You just installed it on your phone. What are you mocking me for? But. Anyways, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting that that they're taking them to court and that Global Plus Plus is just like, okay, whatever, just like don't destroy us. We're going away. But I don't think that Niantic is wrong. I think that they're well within their rights to do that. So about Google and owning them, they were an internal startup
1: as part of Google. But in 2015, um, they actually
0: separated. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, they're completely separate now. Are they still part of the uh, the Google? Are they still under the Google umbrella? Uh, from what I can tell, no. Okay, interesting. Oh, yep. I guess. Yeah. Well, Google does like to get rid of stuff. <laughs> I've only done that a couple times. Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. So. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. But yeah, let's go into yeah. tech. Uh, yeah, I, I I just see this headline from uh, EndGadget from uh, 2015. Google's Alphabet doesn't include N for Niantic Labs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, but yeah, yeah, it is accurate. So okay, uh, so going on to tech, uh, we've got Amazon getting sued, which. You know, they've been sued for, for this before, but they're being sued for Alexa recording kids' voices. This bothers me on a few different levels. I see this as kind of a frivolous lawsuit, to be honest with you. Uh, Niantic, I thought, I think their lawsuit has, has plenty of merit. This one, I think, is complete BS. So Amazon's being sued by a, a woman from Massachusetts on behalf of her 10-year-old daughter and children from eight other states. Uh, they're seeking a class action status to sue the e commerce giant uh, they filed in a federal court in Seattle and they are accusing Amazon of saving voice prints of millions of children by unlawfully recording their conversations around alexa excuse me around alexa enabled smart voices or smart devices duh here's the thing you purchase that device you bring yeah. that device into your
1: home. You know very well that they are recording some kinds of conversations. Yeah. So what's the big deal here? That's that's like letting your child run rampant in the street while you're sitting inside the house not even watching him. And then when the kid gets hit by a car, you complain. And you blame that driver who shouldn't have to look in the middle of the road where this kid is just... Running out because well, you decided not to watch them, and you decided not to have them have limitations. I think it's
0: more I think it's more more akin to suing the the maker of the street. It's like you've got the street here, cars go on it, it's what they do. yeah I mean, Alexa records voices. Alexa listens to everything that's going on. It's what they it's what the Amazon Echo devices do. That's the whole point of them so that when you speak to it, it can respond. Yep. If it's not listening and you say "Alexa do this" and It doesn't respond. Then you say this device is broken and you send it back to Amazon and Amazon says, well, there's nothing we can do because it can't listen to you. I mean, this is stupid. But this woman accuses Amazon of illegally recording children and adding them to a massive, uh, a massive database of billions of voice recordings containing the private details of millions of Americans. Okay, I will give her this. Yes, they have this massive database, and yes, there are private details of millions of Americans. Don't put it in your bedroom. I mean, uh, put it in your kitchen. Put it somewhere. Don't put it in the bathroom. So that, you know, it's here and you take a dump or whatever. Put it somewhere that if it hears conversations, not a big deal. Uh, But she's saying that uh, children cannot consent to be recorded and do not comprehend, quote, the potentially invasive uses of big data by a company the size of Amazon. And that they, quote, use Alexa without any understanding or warning that Amazon is recording and voice printing them. Now, I think there is some legitimacy to that. My two-year-old, my three-year-old, excuse me, she thinks everything is Alexa. You're listening to the radio. She'll yell at the radio, Alexa, stop. <laughs> Alexa, play Frozen. Alexa, and it's funny because she doesn't say consonants when she speaks. You can't understand her. And Alexa has no idea that, that she's being spoken to. And so Alexa will often ignore, ignore my three-year-old which is really sad, but it doesn't stop her from trying. <laughs> it really doesn't stop her. And so I can understand, you know, these kids trying to use the Alexa devices and, or the Echo devices and, and not really comprehending what's going on on the other end. I get that. But that's where you got to be a parent. That's that's where being a parent and having some responsibility and some accountability for teaching your children how to live in this brave new world of technology in which we live is on your shoulders you can't you can't put everything on the manufacturers of the devices that's why we have those stupid blister packs that nobody can open that's why we have all these different legal warnings on everything because nobody accepts responsibility for stuff be a parent do your job lady normally you know if somebody's going after a big tech company for invasion of privacy, I would say there's some merit to it. I think this is complete and utter BS, and I think that the judge needs absolutely throw it out. But that's just my opinion. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
1: this is one of those that I'm just like, don't even worry about it. This is just kind of in the ignorance of the individual. I really don't think that they have any kind of case the parent purchased the device they're aware of what's going on their child of course they're not gonna know the ramifications or or what alexa's recording because they're a kid yeah but you opt to bring that into your house you opt to use that device you signed up and signed their agreements as an individual and as a household so no you can't sue this company for something that their device is doing as a service that you wanted.
0: Yeah, it's it's very different from the LeapFrog toys that were recording children's voices and uploading them to a server or things like that where parents weren't necessarily aware that this was going on. This wasn't diclo- disclosed. with With Amazon? I mean their devices are connected to the internet. They're always on. They're always listening. Of course it's of course it's uploading. Of course it's recording. I don't even know that you need a disclaimer on that. That's the nature of the device. That's like saying water is wet. It, it just I don't know. It it really bother, bothers me and hopefully hopefully it goes away. You know, I can't believe I'm defending Amazon so hard on this. I feel kind of weird. I almost feel dirty, but at least it's not Facebook that I'm having to defend. Thankfully, <laughs> um, would you ever stick a stick a device in your head? To speaking of devices and stuff, would you ever stick one in your in your brain to make you smarter? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like that is asking for problem. Okay, let me ask you this: You've got Tourette's syndrome. Yeah. Uh, we've we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, one of your tics is that you twitch on occasion. What if what if that device could help with that and make that go away?
1: As long as it was proven to do that and there was a good eighty to ninety percent chance that I wouldn't die, <laughs> uh,
0: then yes, I would probably. So if there was if there was a ten to twenty percent chance, you would do it. Probably. Wow. Okay, cool. So they've got this brain chip that that um, is being developed. It's a five-year, $77 million project being developed by the Department of Defense. Uh, and this is to help restore memory generation capacity for people who have traumatic brain injury. Now, they have the reason I asked about your Tourette's is because they have tested it on people with epilepsy and, and other things like that. So... I, I, the fact that you know Tourette's, it, it may not be far yeah. off. But what they're doing is they're connecting this chip to your to your brain, and it's basically increasing your memory. It provides a zap to your brain to strengthen your the signal and increase the chance of a memory being formed. And in two separate studies, researchers found that the prototype consistently boosted memory 15 to 18%. And in another study, uh, they found that memory retention improved as much as 37%. That's impressive, but that's terrifying as well. I don't know that I would want, especially the Department of Defense putting a chip in my head saying that it's for memory retention <laughs> cuz frankly I don't trust our government but there's so many interesting applications for something like this if they're able to you know get it going for for memory you know what what effect could this have on stroke and alzheimer's patients what effect could this have on people with Parkinson's disease. I mean, there's so many different uses down the road that I could see this evolving to, that it is fascinating. But on the other hand, it's quite terrifying to me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I,
1: I, don't, I don't know that I would do it. Um, if, if I was one of those individuals, I would probably do it. Um, if it was going to
0: improve my life drastically, yeah, I would do it. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, they're saying that they have uh, hundreds of thousands of military personnel with traumatic brain injuries. This is what... Oh, shoot. Who was it? I don't know. One of the doctors doing it. Justin Sanchez, I think, uh, who just stepped down as the director of DARPA's Biological Technologies Office. Uh, He said, we have hundreds of thousands of military personnel with traumatic brain injuries. Hundreds of thousands! With traumatic brain injuries, I wonder if they're including like stuff as simple, and I know it's not simple, but stuff as simple as PTSD as a traumatic brain injury. I don't know, or if uh, you know concussion victims. I, I wonder what classifies to them as a traumatic brain injury because hundreds of thousands of military personnel—that seems like a lot of military personnel that have had had their bells rung, which is. Which is a lot. Which is it's really unfortunate. Uh I like I like the thought of this in theory, in, in practical application though. It just absolutely terrifies me. And I don't know that I could do it. I, I really don't know. I think I'm too distrusting of government. I think that I'm too distrusting of, of science at this point. I think people would misuse it. You're going to end up with a bunch of brainless drones doing whatever you want. How long before Facebook or some company like Facebook gets their hands on that and starts sending you ads in your brain (laughs) and you're thinking, oh, I need to go buy cat food. I don't even own a cat. Why do I need to go buy cat food? You know, that kind of crap. (laughs) I, I think it's only a matter of time before people start misusing it. Just a whole bunch of spam in your brain. Whole bunch of spam in your brain.
1: The last thing you want.
0: That, that really is, but you know, if maybe if Apple got their hands on it, it would be a little bit different because iOS 13 has some some features that are actually kind of cool, and I got to give them credit for this. Normally, I like to I like to rip on Apple and iOS. You know, IOS they actually I, I, IOS thirteen has the swipe gestures on the keyboard now I saw. They're coming out. Yeah,
1: here. they definitely taking it up a notch um with with this uh WWDC, so iOS thirteen, iPad OS, um some awesome new features coming on Mac OS as well. Uh but really a a lot of surprising features are, are coming on iOS 13 such as um you know how apps generally will somehow track your location. You don't know when they're tracking it, where they're tracking it. Uh well with iOS 13 it actually allows you to see where that app has actually tracked, you. and so you can see how often it's tracking you, you can see where you were at that specific time when it was. Uh, and it 'll even prompt you and say hey this this app that you 're using is tracking your location in the background. Are you sure you want to continue allowing this and then it 'll
0: include an image and it 'll show you exactly where it just tracked you. I think that is awesome i wish I wish Android would do that because that is some good functionality right well, there
1: <laughs> Android just tracks you where wherever you 're at so <laughs> oh,
0: that is true google i mean It's funny, because I I went to a new restaurant last night, and Google sent me a message today. Hey, we noticed you were at this place last night, but it's not on your timeline. Do you want to add it to your timeline? And I went and I looked, and sure enough, between this time and this time, it had me at this restaurant that my wife and I had dinner at. And yeah, it's Google. It's kind of creepy. I've come to expect nothing less but with different apps, you know, they're also doing that kind of tracking and I have no idea which apps are tracking me like that when they're tracking me like that and what that data is being used for. So I appreciate that. Apple is coming out with this, and I would love to see Google develop something like that for for iOS. Or, excuse me, not iOS for yeah, Android. Yeah, it's
1: definitely nice to to have some kind of transparency. This also helps with, okay, where's my battery usage going? It says it's going to this. Is it really tracking everywhere I'm going that quickly? Um, is that what's draining my battery life? And so you can kind of look into to each of those apps that are tracking your location, and you can find out how often to be like, oh, no, let's actually just turn this off to whenever this app is open instead of always in the background.
0: Which makes so much sense. Totally. So much sense. That's going to save so much battery life. Um,
1: Now, another feature that they have coming out, I always get so many flipping calls that say unknown caller. I'll probably get at least... Four to five of those a day. And they're so annoying because I can't block the number. Well, iOS 13 actually resolves that, uh, you can go into the settings under phones and say uh, silence unknown caller. And as soon as you check that, it automatically sends them to your voicemail. So you no longer have to deal with those spam callers and getting those phone calls. And hopefully it just... We'll ignore them altogether.
0: Yeah, so what it's going to do is it's going to take any numbers that are not in your contacts, your mail, or your messages, and automatically send them to voicemail. Now, I like this in theory. I can see this being problematic, though. Like me, where I'm in a new city, I'm calling around to construction workers trying to get some work done. I'm, you know, dealing with new neighbors who I don't know yet. I'm getting phone calls from people that I don't know, but that I need to speak with. I can see that as getting kind of annoying, having everything go to voicemail. Although I do like the the idea of my phone never ringing. I, I do like that prospect. But sometimes you need to take those numbers from unknown callers. Sometimes you need that. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword, I think, to some extent. But I like where they're going with it. I got to give them credit. Yeah, I, I got to give them credit. Now, now back to the whole swipe on the keyboard thing. Yeah, Android's been doing that for years, dude. That's not new. It
1: has, and you know, <laughs> on my on my iPhone at least, I've got the the Google keyboard, and so I'm able to oh, do you, yeah, to do the swipe gestures. I'm able to pull gifs directly from that um, and use the emoticons from that. So it makes texting a lot. A lot more simple.
0: Yeah. I've seen people getting so excited over that. And then I inevitably see some Android user pop in and say, yeah, we've had that (laughs) for like the last 10 years.
1: I mean, that's the whole story with Apple. Uh, They're,
0: as of late, they're the last ones to to really innovate. They really are. They've lost that. And we've talked a lot about that. They've lost that innovation. They've lost that vision of, of innovation and i mean i'm unlike
1: you i love apple i barely own any windows or android devices anymore uh sitting in front of me i have one of the newer ipads i've got my iphone 10 uh, i've got the newest uh macbook pro um and a couple other macbook pros sitting around and so <laughs> i love the the apple ecosystem however yeah they are very slow uh, when it comes to being on the train with a lot of the other pr- oss out there
0: yeah but you know it is cool and uh, like I said I'm gonna give credit where credits due. some of these features that they've added are are definitely worth making note of uh, they deserve they deserve credit for them and I hope we get to see some of this stuff coming into Android soon because especially that app tracking, Oh man, I love that. I absolutely love that. So, uh, but listeners, tell us what you think. Is is Apple? You know, are they getting their innovative edge back with some of these features, or are they still just playing catch up for the most part? Is this enough to get you to to jump on the Apple bandwagon if you have not been on it like Colin has for the last what decade? <laughs> I wouldn't say decade. <laughs>
1: It's it's at um, least been the last six or seven years, actually. Okay. I started using okay. Apple products more about eight years ago, and it took me a couple of years to get into Mac OS. but I've been an iPhone user for, for at
0: least eight years. Okay. Um, also, listener, let us know, would you stick a chip in your brain, especially one developed by the government, military, by the military of all people? Would you do that? Uh, and... Tell us your thoughts on some of these other things that we talked about. Uh, go ahead and send your feedback to us at stolenroids.com. Uh, if you have any other questions or feedback, you know, send that to us too. We're happy to, to read it on air. Uh, answer any questions you may have. Uh, just go ahead and send it to us. And if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the Stolen Droids Podcast. You can get us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, you know, we are on iHeartRadio.com stitcher apple podcast google podcast i mean we're everywhere but since you're listening to us you probably already know where to find us uh so you don't necessarily need to go out searching for us but tell your friends about us uh because we do want other people to you know know what you enjoy
1: also make sure to uh leave us a review uh wherever you listen to podcasts uh Go ahead and send us an email when you do. Uh, We'll put you into a drawing for a free Stolen Droids t-shirt. How's that sound?
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. That sounds like a good idea. I'm good with that. Uh, And then follow us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Stolen Droids. That's us. And then check out the website, StolenDroids.com, for any updates in between episodes. And we'll be back next week with another one. Uh, But until then, be good to each other. Hasta luego. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.